basically everything we have we created in this world it's made of suffering you know cars pavement buildings clothing technology food fashion basically everything almost <laughs> Okay, this is Mike Sigola from TrueFeeder.com and welcome to another vlog. So today we're going to talk about materialism and economic materialism. I also want to talk to you about my series of insights or visions that I had on psychedelics about materialism and I try to make sense out of what I saw. So we're going to be having a little philosophical debate about it or monologue. So if you type in materialism in a search engine, you'll get stuff about philosophy of materialism, which states that matter is the fundamental substance of nature. However, in this video, I want to focus more on economic materialism. The idea of acquiring and consuming consumer goods. So if you look at the world today, you can clearly see that materialism took over every aspect of our lives on every level. You know, we measure everything in terms of money or economic growth. We reach the point where human lives or lives of other organisms are also measured often in terms of economic impact or economic growth or money. What is the cost of the war in the Middle East, for example, instead of what kind of suffering it brings to those involved? And most people live in this constant cycle of just working so they can consume more materialistic goods. And social media is also full of uh, fake appearances, filtered look, celebrities and influencers bragging about their lavish lifestyle, their physical appearance, what kind of items they have owned or bought. So we are basically surrounded by materialism on every level and everywhere basically. So over the last couple of years while I was doing plant medicines, we we're talking about ayahuasca, psilocybin, etc. So this concept or this vision of materialism was appearing many times and in some of these insights what I saw was basically how materialism is actually evil every single physical item that is created it looked like it was kind of you could say a devil's work whatever you know there were like these barbed wires all over all these different items and things money etc and during these insights what I was shown was that the more we focus on materialism the more we will bring destruction to the planet the idea could be that the more we move towards this path the more we will see some kind of uh, Armageddon or whatever and some of these things have been experiencing for a couple of years already so when COVID came you know I knew this is one of these things that I was shown already how we're gonna be moving towards this timeline of destruction step by step because of uh, you know the direction that we're taking as human race so basically after 
experiencing these insights or visions in recent years, I tried to understand it better because my thinking always was that that money and materialism is not necessarily something evil. You know, we are talking about money is just an energy, right? Money is just a tool. It's up to us how we use it. It doesn't make us good or bad. Some people say that money just amplifies who you are. If you are a dick, you're just going to be a bigger dick. If you are a nice, kind person, you're just going to amplify this side. And uh, I also felt like, you know, when we use money and materialism, we can actually help others. We can build businesses that can uh, help the world, maybe, etc. So how could materialism be actually evil? why this is being shown to me during these visions. I wanted to make sense out of it and I started thinking about it more and more. And I think it really depends how you look at it. Because if you start analyzing how actually things are made in our materialistic world, you will quickly learn that almost everything we touch is made from suffering, exploitation, abuse, destruction. So let's take this smartphone that I'm using to record this video as an example. So the materials that are used to create this smartphone are extracted from earth. So it consists of elements such as copper, gold and silver for wiring, lithium and cobalt in the battery. And if you're gonna start learning how cobalt is mined, you will learn quickly that it comes from conflict-driven regions such as Congo, where thousands of children as young as six are exploited in cobalt mines, sometimes ending up with permanent lung damage or dying at work. Basically, to extract this precious element, used by all major tech companies, Apple, Samsung, Amazon, Google, Tesla, and most of these companies know exactly what's going on, how this stuff is mined, and most of them don't give a shit about it, doesn't do anything about it. So this was just the materials, now let's talk about the manufacturing process, how this phone is manufactured. So most of these electronics are manufactured by Foxconn and Foxconn is one of the largest if not the largest manufacturer of electronics in the world. They employ 1.3 million people and they basically make all the goods for Samsung, Sony, Amazon, Apple, Dell, all the major brands are working with Foxconn. And if you're gonna start digging and learning about Foxconn, things like, for example, series of suicides that occurred there a couple of years ago when the demand for iPhone was so high. So basically what happened was that overworked workers who could not keep up with the demand were jumping out of buildings and committing suicides. And how did Foxconn solve the problem? They installed suicide nets around the buildings and made workers sign documents that they won't commit suicide. I wonder, like, you know, if the worker commits suicide, then what? Foxconn is suing 
dead worker. I don't know how it works, but it's interesting. Okay, so we have components of the phone, manufacturing process. Now let's talk about technology. So I'm filming this video from Samsung phone, which is a stolen design from iPhone basically. And Apple sued Samsung and after seven years of legal battle, they settled for over $500 million that Samsung paid to Apple. And it might seem to a lot of people that $500 million is a lot of money for Samsung, but Samsung generates more than $200 billion in revenues annually. So 500 million bucks for them is just a pocket money, basically. So if you think about it, it's actually more profitable for Samsung to steal the designs in French of on patents because they're just gonna sue each other for a couple of years, they end up paying a few hundred million bucks and during this time Samsung actually made tens of billions of dollars at least from selling of their smartphones or much more probably and Apple is not any better I won't be even going here into like the practices of Apple but I just picked the very first thing in my surroundings just to show you what's the process how it's made so let's now analyze food that we eat and unless your food comes from some kind of organic sustainable permaculture type farm which I'm sure it doesn't so if you're gonna actually analyze the food you'll learn that 99% of stuff has a history of exploitation, killing wildlife, suffering unethical behavior, slave labor, etc. Let's say you're a vegan and you think that at least your food consumption choices are not involving killing of any animals. That actually might not be true. Let me show you a couple of examples of what I mean. So let's say you eat olives and uh, olives, for example, might be coming from Portugal or Spain. And what happens is that hundreds of thousands of legally protected birds are killed in Southern Europe every year after being sucked out of trees and into machines which are harvesting olives. So yep, you know, if you eat olives, it's very likely that you are actually indirectly killing birds in a process or contributing to that. So let's take avocados. I love avocados and avocados are very nutritious food. And uh, over the last couple of decades, the demand for avocados skyrocketed. And if you're gonna start actually studying how avocados are made, again, you will learn about a lot of very nasty things going on in the background that consumers often don't know much about. Astonishingly, it takes up to 1000 liters of water to grow just one kilogram of avocados, roughly three avocados. By contrast, one kilogram of broccoli only uses around 45 liters of water. So as the water-hogging avocado orchards replace the pines, they divert natural streams and water sources from local animal species. Even more trees are cut down to make crates to transport the avocados, further exacerbating water shortage and destroying carbon sinks. In Mihoacan, avocado exports bring $109 million a year 
and have become a lucrative business for Mexico's drug cartels, such as Los Caballeros Templarios, the Knights Templar. When the farmers refuse to pay the gangs, their orchards and processing plants are burnt down or worse. The situation is such that the avocado long called green gold by the locals is now referred to as blood guacamole. Meanwhile, the chemicals and toxins from avocado orchards cause respiratory and stomach problems in local residents. So once again, if you eat avocados like me, we're probably contributing to a lot of really nasty things going on. Killing animals, mobsters in Mexico, all sorts of really nasty stuff. But let's say you aren't a vegan and you like chocolate. Let's say you buy some uh, chocolate bar in a supermarket. It's very likely that it will be produced by companies such as Mars or Nestle or Hershey or Mondelez or any other of the companies listed in the lawsuit by children from Ivory Coast who claim they were used as slave labor on cocoa plantations in Ivory Coast. Former child slaves who say they were forced to work without pay on cocoa plantations in West African country, they accused the corporations of aiding and abating the illegal enslavement of thousands of children on cocoa farms in their supply chains. Ivory Coast produces about 45% of the global supply of cocoa, a core ingredient in chocolate. The production of cocoa in West Africa has long been linked to human rights abuses, structural poverty, low pay and child labor. And we're just talking about cocoa. And what about every other aspect here? Exploitation of supermarket staff, packaging, transportation, manufacturing process, all these different things that actually impact the environment. You know, the list is long. Okay, so these were just some random examples of items or types of food we might be consuming. So let's take now another example of things that we actually use in our materialistic world. Furniture. What do you think happens with the forests when, you know, they cut the trees and all the different animals that live there? What do you think happens to them? People are shocked seeing the videos such as this one but the truth is that this is just a tiny fraction of what's happening like millions of times all the time okay so let's pick now something different clothing for example and most major brands, all the brands that we know, if you start learning more about what they do, I mean, it's just crazy. Like anything from sweatshops, you know, child labor, to environmental impact and polluting rivers. Bangladesh is the world's second biggest garment manufacturing hub after China, exporting 34 billion dollars worth of garments in 2019 and clothes made dyed and finished in the country often end up in the main street shops across the united states and europe 
but as consumers browse through the season's latest color trends, few will spare much thought to the dyes used to create everything from soft pastels to fluorescent hues or their toxic history. Fashion is responsible for up to one-fifth of industrial water pollution, thanks in part to weak regulation and enforcement in producer countries like Bangladesh, where wastewater is commonly dumped directly into rivers and streams. The discharge is often a cocktail of carcinogenic chemicals, dyes, salts and heavy metals that not only hurt the environment but pollute essential drinking water sources. So basically I can pick any item that we touch that we use in our materialistic world and show you step by step how the process of creating this item is linked to abuse, exploitation, suffering, slave labor, destruction of environment, etc, etc, etc. Basically, everything we have, we created in this world, is made of suffering. You know, cars, pavement, buildings, clothing, technology, food, fashion, basically everything almost almost and it's very easy to disconnect from it when we are you know not seeing how these things are made where we are disconnected from the process this is often hidden behind commercials marketing nicely designed shops stuff that is paid to be friendly and nice to us cool logos packaging branding marketing that is cleverly tapping into our basic instincts. But the truth is that the world that humans created is just made from suffering and abuse. And uh, we're just numb to it because of we just got used to it. And we a lot of the things are hidden from us. We are disconnected from the process, from how these things are made. And we are hypnotized instead into this cycle of eat, consume, work, repeat. And meanwhile, the world is falling apart bit by bit. And our leaders just talk about, you know, coming back to normal, endless economic growth, how the economy is going down, etc. So now coming back to the series of visions that I had while on psychedelics, you know, I think that actually really makes sense because everything really in our society is built from suffering. And I think we could argue that materialism is inherently evil. I think we could also argue that humanity is the most vicious parasite on this planet, devouring our host, the Earth. And we do it through the system called capitalism or materialism. And even if you look at how cities are forming you know if you look at the cities from the above they actually resemble cancerous tissue very often if you take a photograph of a city from the air and look at the way the city spreads out into the environment it's very reminiscent of the way a cancer grows in the body this for example may look like Los Angeles from the air but it's not it's actually a cancerous tissue in the human body but take a good look at it. Notice how it's growing. And then compare it with this. 
Now the similarity is more than just in appearance. If you go back and look at what causes the cancerous tendency in the individual and at what causes a similar tendency in society, we find that underneath are very similar principles. So, you know, I'm not against materialism in general. I'm not the type of guy who wants to live in a cave. <laughs> I like some of the things that we have. I think, you know, our lives became much better thanks to materialism compared to people living a few hundred years ago, for example. But I think everything is about balance and uh, there's no such thing as balance in our society. You know, the truth is that the average person in Western country is far better off than the king who lived a few hundred years ago. Most of us can access almost any food from anywhere all around the world. We have refrigerators, so it doesn't get off like a king 300 years ago didn't have such a luxury. We can travel, we, can, uh, we have better healthcare, we can buy any fabric we want, any kind of clothing almost. We have access to free information, but the truth is that we also consume way more than we need and way more than the earth can replenish. And just the very nature of the entities that create our materialistic world, and I'm talking about the governments, the corporations, they all operate in the spirit of competition, which now creates all the suffering I just mentioned, all the exploitation I described. How? You know, by competing with each other. Whose economy is better, bigger? Short-term thinking of our leaders. You know, leaders very often think short-term because, because it's not such a easy and simple and cheap process to become sustainable. You know, it can take time. And they, if they're gonna be out of office in a couple of years or uh, they just think about next quarter, profitability, whatever, you know, they're just gonna do what they can to keep contributing and keep maintaining what they are doing. Corporations and CEOs, again, also think only about growth, power, profit, planned obsolescence, for example. There is no point in creating goods and products that can last, because uh, if your goal is to be profitable every year, you have no business. And I think another way to look at materialism is actually as a form of disconnection from the self. Instead of natural way of living, we create this artificial layer, this artificial world that is actually coming from ego. Most politicians and leaders and CEOs are ego-driven. They're all about who makes more money, who has more power, who has bigger company, bigger economy, bigger impact. And we as consumers, are not a lot different. You know, we constantly want to buy newer items, gadgets, new clothing, just to look good in front of others. So we are liked, so we stand out. So we are happy for a few moments when we have this new toy, new gadget, and then we get used to it and whatever. There's new thing, marketing tells you, now you need this, whatever. So basically we could say that materialistic world is created from ego and ego is a form of separation. Even if you look at internet, 
for example, or social media. It's like we created this artificial world, digital world, that in a way reflects society, social media, etc. We're creating this fake layer. Instead of focusing on being in balance, we get out of balance by creating fake reality. An ego is all about me being better than you, individuality, me versus you. But if you think about any system, there's always has to be codependency, symbiosis, because you cannot say that you're separate from the rest because your actions influence the whole and you actually take from the whole. So what's happening is that we basically disconnected from nature, from ourselves, through just wanting more and more and we are completely out of balance internally and this reflects in this artificial world that we now built around us which basically is slowly bringing our own doom and gloom and I think the final message here is that if we want to wake up we will bring destruction to this planet and our lives the truth is that a we can't rely on the leaders, politicians, because they're selfish, they think short-term. And B, we are actually responsible for a lot of that through our participation, living way beyond our needs. And I, as I said, everything is about balance. You know, I'm not saying get rid of all materialistic possessions and go live in the cave. I think we can enjoy some of these things that we created, but also have some form of balance. And since we cannot rely on authorities, politicians, CEOs, we have to take things in our own hands. So how do we do it? I think that it's about making conscious choices, small, gradual changes, if possible, bigger changes, you know, depending on your individual circumstances. Let me give you a couple of examples. I sometimes, if I can, if I'm going to supermarket, wherever, I gotta make sure that I actually try to buy some of the items from maybe local farmers instead of from supermarket. If I have to buy vegetables, fruits, instead of buying them in the supermarket, I gotta go to some kind of uh, local farmers market or some some guys on the street selling veggies because uh, you know it's easier I could buy everything in one go but now I'm contributing to this big nasty corporation and these guys are suffering most likely you know they have much harder lives so I'm thinking about that generally speaking the bigger the company the worse it is that's like the basic rule <laughs> So the more we contribute and support the big, massive companies, the more we contribute to all the destruction and suffering I just described. Let's say you are a meat eater, and I'm not here to preach to you anything about vegan propaganda or anything like that. But maybe what you can do is just to cut your consumption of meat by half, which maybe it won't be such a big deal for you, I hope. But if millions of people will do something like that, it's gonna create such a big change, actually. Think about something like that. You know, if you don't know, meat is actually one of the worst things for the environment that everyone is contributing to. Plus, it creates a lot of suffering, completely unnecessarily. If you think about it, animals have to be fed, which 
means that they often clear forests just to grow crops for animals. That's one thing. And there are many other impacts, like I don't want to even start here. If you want to learn more about it, watch documentaries such as the Cowspiracy. Another really important thing is to support small business instead of major big corporations as much as we can. Because the more we support large corporations, the more we feed the beast and the more this turns against us. Another very important thing, don't become a victim of commercials and marketing. You know, there's so many things that people buy that are so unnecessary. I'm just constantly buying shit because there's newer thing, newer whatever. It just makes you believe that you really need it or want it, but actually you use it a couple of times, you get used to it and you forget about it. So stop buying shit you don't really need. <laughs> or at least buy less if you can. So these are some of my ideas, suggestions. Uh, let me know what you think in the comments below. These are just my theories. Um, I'm saying 99% of things. I'm, I know there are some super sustainable businesses and companies and products, but most of the time, even if you think they're sustainable, if you start looking deeper, they're not really that sustainable as you think they are. Let me know what you think in the comments. Uh, Please share this video if it resonates, subscribe to this channel if you are new here, like and check out other videos as well if you are completely new to this channel. And uh, thanks for checking this video, until next time. Hey guys, Mike here. So I'm sure most of you know how tech giants are censoring independent voices such as Truth Theory. And in order for us to continue doing our work and creating content such as this video, we need help from people like you. So one way you can help is always by just sharing our content, but also you can become a Patreon supporter. And if you go to patreon.com forward slash truthfury, you can become a patron there for as little as $3 a month, and you can cancel at any time. For our patrons, we offer things like exclusive content that you cannot find anywhere else. I also offer one-to-one -one mentoring and coaching for Patreon. So for example, if you want to start an online business or build your personal brand, or maybe you are a writer, you wanna do some marketing, appear on some podcasts, or you're going for some kind of uh, spiritual development process or spiritual awakening and you need some help or guidance or just regular personal development things. So it can be anything from dating to boosting your confidence to improving your overall well-being, mental, physical health, happiness, reducing stress, or even things like helping you to discover your passion, your life purpose. Check out patreon.com forward slash truthfury. And remember, when you join us on Patreon, you help us out in creating more content and reaching more people with important message. So you actually contribute to positive change and awakening of many, many thousands of people. So please consider supporting us on Patreon and till next time.